G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, Russ Matthews is joining us. He loves film and engaging in discussions about the latest installments at the cinema and then connecting those film installments with the gospel. Well, he's worked for City Bible Forum for over 10 years. He's a reviewer for Insights Magazine, also Entertainment Fuse, and his own blog called Rustling Reviews. He also moderates events called Real Dialogue, which was formerly known as the Forum at the Flicks, which connect the film industry with the general public. Well, it's a special welcome back, Russ Matthews. Hi, good to talk to you, Russ. Hey, Neil, it is always great to be on the show. Glad to be here in 2017. Wow, and I think we're going to be having a number of conversations, perhaps similar to this throughout the year, because great to be able to talk about the latest crop of movies at the cinema. And I guess at this time, having heard of the nominations for the Oscars, and uh, here we are in this bit of hiatus, the lead-up to the actual announcements. It's a pretty exciting time, and particularly, I guess, for someone like you, Russ, uh, a pretty exciting time to be talking about film. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great time to be able to talk about films because you get to do two things. You get to do kind of the retrospective. You get to look back over all of 2016, look at some of your favorite films of 2016, and then also looking at um, the awards are they deserving of that? Um, do, do you even want to watch the award show, or do you just kind of sit there and wait to see what's announced? And then also to get to look ahead, because there are some great films coming out. Um, I have the privilege of seeing some already. There's some really great films already in, in cinemas right now. So, yeah, it's, it is a really good time. It's kind of one of those uh, perfect, uh, what do you call perfect storm moments, where you get the opportunity to... Uh, talk about film and also really looking at, we've already had um, a couple of events and we're having a new event um, with the silence um, release uh, where we're going to be talking about how we'd be able to connect film with um, God, the Bible, and really looking at how Jesus can impact our lives. Certainly want to unpack that film silence uh, as we go through our conversation over this uh, next uh, short while. Uh, and also uh, talk more generally about the power of film to influence belief. And, of course, inviting our listeners to join in our conversation because it's an important topic because uh, film does have a very uh, powerful influence uh, on good and evil, you might add, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, the, the power of influence in film, Russ. And it's true. I think that many times people just um, dismiss it as just being mere entertainment. But if we really look at um, the impact that films have and, and also what we give uh, filmmakers and, and the like to be able to come in and sit down. I was at a screening last night and just to look around and see, you know, about 200 people sitting around and for two hours just taking in the message that was from the film. And we have to really determine, are we going to take on board the message or are we going to put that kind of through a biblical lens like we've talked about in the past of what, is, what can we learn and understand more about God, the Bible, and Jesus through that? Interestingly, when you're at the cinema and you're watching a movie, and I know we've touched on this sort of thing sometimes in the past, where you turn up at the movies and you 
are in an element where, well, for most people, and I think I think in the past we've said you're not so much like this, but most of us go to the movies just to enjoy a good movie. It's a bit of escapism. It's uh, it's fantasy. It's uh, it's fiction. It's uh, you know, it's it's a really enjoyable night out. You go out to the movies. Uh, But there is a certain sense, isn't there, as a Christian believer, all of a sudden uh, you're you're a Christian believer. Your life is different. You are transformed and transforming from within. And there is a sense in which when you go to the movies, you can't necessarily only be a passive receptor when you are watching a film. There is a sense in which you do have to have a certain sense of uh, guardedness because there is influence that's coming about belief and about understanding of reality. That's true. And, and it's true with anything. I mean, everything that you take in, so if it comes from television to just what, the conversations that you're having at work to um, reading the newspaper for those who actually still read the newspaper or what you look at on Facebook, much less what you see in a film, you really have to kind of look what what you're taking in, what you're willing to accept, but also then looking at it, too, as Christians, uh, you know, what does the Bible really have to say about that? So if you go, like, see a film like Fences I went to go see last night, and it's a film about death, it's a film about family, it's a film about um, racism, and all these different areas, and so... It's entertaining. It was amazing uh, performances by the two lead actors. But then also I have to sit there and think, okay, so what does the Bible have to say about these topics? And how could I answer people when they're walking out of the theater or if if we were having a conversation with a friend? How can I talk to them about the topics? Because it goes... The conversation kind of goes flat if you just say, oh, I like the movie, opposed to going, you know what, but there's this great topic in looking at, you know, this, this topic of, of death or a family kind of permeates that film. What do you think about that? And so then for, to be able to communicate that from a biblical framework, not necessarily quoting chapter and verse per se, but which is fine if you do, but really be able to kind of continue the conversation as a Christian, what do I think about the film? Always mindful that there are different people. Uh, Different people are attracted to different films. Uh, There are some that only ever go to the cinema to watch the latest comedy release. Uh, and uh, and really they're not looking for anything deeper. But but as you're indicating and... uh, and effectively uh, describing is that, uh, you know, when people go to the movies, they're going for different reasons. Some are going and they are looking for the deeper philosophical things that move the person's spirit. Uh, those are, and, and you know, it's you can't really be a critic of someone who wants to go along and just watch a film just for the sake of seeing the latest comedy release. But uh, but oh. there is this big element of people who are looking for depth and substance to the films that they're seeing. Right. Well, and also that the films that you like or that I like may not be the films that other people like. I mean, I have a good friend of mine who we always seem to, when we come together, when we're talking about films, that he likes films completely different than I do, similar to you, what you were saying, you know, likes just going along to see a good comedy. Um, but even within those, there's still messages that you're able to see. You, there's things you can have a discussion that can kind of go beyond just, of, oh, it made me laugh. Um, I don't think that it's a matter of, of judgment, but also it's a matter of, or it's, there is a subjectivity to it. But the thing I love about film is that it cuts across. It doesn't matter what your, you know, how much you have in your bank account. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter um, what your background, your heritage. 
film kind of cuts across all of those different things as far in, within our culture to really kind of connect us and give us an opportunity to discuss um, things on a deeper level. And so why not, if we're going to be able to watch it, because they say the average um, Australian watches, uh, I forget what, it was well over 40 hours of, of some sort of screen time within, uh, within any certain week or within a couple weeks. And so within that, why wouldn't we then kind of engage at, with it from a Christian perspective? Well, wanting to invite listeners uh, to join in our conversation. Now, could be on all sorts of different levels today, uh, whether you want to talk about your favourite movie and perhaps a nominated movie for the Oscars. Yes. Uh, or uh, you might like to uh, contribute when it comes to this power of film to influence belief. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, one 800 316, 316. Let's come back to some of the films that are nominated for the yeah, Academy sure. Awards. Uh, uh, what ones do you want to start with, Russ? Okay, well, I mean, that's one thing that's kind of different with the Academy Awards. They've gone through, they've got a, a, a ten, 10 films that are actually nominated this year. And so, uh, um, and there are some really, uh, I've seen, I've been able to see all of them except for one, and uh, they are crackers. Some of them are just really great films um, as far as Hacksaw Ridge, Arrival. La La Land and um, Hell or High Water, uh, and well, then also the performance of Manchester by the Sea uh, I, and Lion. So I mean, there's all of these. There's a bunch of great films, but they really go d- down so many different tracks as far as genres and what they represent. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about uh, which ones were my favorites or which ones are your favorites. I would love to know if you've seen any of them and if you have a choice that that you had a favorite for the year, or if there maybe your favorite didn't make the list this year. This is where I usually come out with my uh, my humble admission that I don't get to the movies all that often. <laughs> so we're really probably going to be talking about your favourites and the favourites that uh, those listeners who want to call in and be part of our conversation might like to talk about. Uh, most of the publicity that I've been seeing in, say, mainstream media has all been to do with those films that have some sort of an Aussie connection. So right. you've got Hacksaw Ridge and... And Lion, uh, right. there's a couple there with uh, with Aussie connections, which I'm sure uh, many listeners might have been seeing, and they become prominent because there is Australian connections in those. That's true. Uh, both of those, Hacksaw Ridge and Lion, nominated in the Best Picture category, and then alongside others uh, like Arrival and Fences and Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Uh, out of those, let's let's start with the best picture uh, idea. What are your thoughts on on which film might win the best picture, Russ? Sure. Well, I, I have a, I have a prediction on who would win, but also I have a prediction on which one I would prefer. And I probably would say, as far as my preference for the year, um, hands down, still goes to Hacksaw Ridge, which we've talked about this a bit um, at the end of last year. Um, it's still with that Australian connection, but a great film by uh, Mel Gibson. Um, Andrew Garfield is up for the um, Academy Award for Best um, Best Actor in a Lead Performance. And uh, still a solid Christian message, but not being a Christian film, um, but with uh, just great performances, amazing drama, and just well worth get, getting out to see outside the fact that it's some pretty graphic um, wartime scenes. 
But I think that my prediction is that right now all the momentum is going towards La La Land, which I really liked as a film. I thought it was a fantastic film um, this year. Very different genre, more of a musical comedy drama um, that is kind of hard to define um, in just the way that it's done and the way that it's been handled. And I think that people just are so in awe of the sheer beauty of it, but then also the great writing and great storyline that comes from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's performances. So my my personal preference would be um, Hacksaw Ridge. My prediction, though, I think it will be La La Land will be the winner this year. Of course, uh, the Golden Globe Awards and the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the SAG yeah. Awards, those are often indicators, but time and again when the Oscar is announced, uh, people are taken by surprise. So uh, so while they might be guides uh, for what might be the winning film, uh, that's not necessarily a foregone conclusion or guarantee uh, that uh, that La La Land might be the winner. Yeah, you, you really can't, you can't predict, I mean, you can't know. Um, a lot of times they are like for Spotlight to win um, and for others to win in the past, uh, Yes, not necessarily always the predictors in regards to it. I really think that it's it can be looking at the Golden Globes, La La Land, and Moonlight are two of the front runners. But also due to the popularity of La La Land, it's done exceptionally well in the box office worldwide as well. While Moonlight really is kind of more of your um, smaller theater type film, I just think that La La Land is still going to pull it home. But you just never know. You're right, Neil. It could be any one of them. Now, there's an awful lot of categories to go through, but let's, uh, for the sake of our conversation at this point, uh, have a little bit of a focus, too, on the best actor in a leading role and perhaps the best actress in a leading role. Uh, have you got any uh, particular predictions up your sleeve uh, to, uh, to, to uh, whet our appetites with, uh, with your thoughts there, Russ? I do. Actually, I have, I have both my prediction of what I would probably would, what I thought was the best performance and then also um, what I predicted that would be the Oscar prediction. And so for the best actor, um, I think both, both the Academy will choose and also I think is one of the, the best performances. It just kind of goes well beyond above the um, the fray is Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the Sea, um, just is a really well done film, but this this performance by Casey Affleck, still one of his best. He's probably one of the most underrated and unknown um, of the two brothers, Ben. He's the brother of Ben Affleck, who plays Batman, and um, the most recent Batman. But Casey Affleck uh, in Manchester by the Sea, I think both the Academy and also for my sake, I think that it, he is the best performance as far as a male lead. And as far as actress, um, I chose Natalie Portman um, in Jackie, which probably a lot of people may not go see. It is a very hard um, film to watch. Jackie is the, the story of Jackie Kennedy um, going through the whole per- portrayal of what happened to her when her husband, um, President Jack Kennedy, was actually killed, or John F. Kennedy was killed. And her kind of her eyewitness account, it was based on, um, based on an interview that she did with Life magazine, um, and just kind of going through and, and telling her side of the story. But what I thought Natalie Portman was able to do is she just encapsulated the character and the individual who was Jackie Kennedy, which eventually became Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Even though I think for the Oscar's sake, I think that the Oscar or the Academy Award will end up going to Emma Stone for La La Land. So those are my, uh, those are my two predictions, my preferences, and also my predictions.
Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are talking the movies this hour and you can be a part of our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Russ Matthews is our guest. He loves film. He's worked for the City Bible Forum for over 10 years. He's a reviewer for Insights Magazine, Entertainment Fuse and his own blog, Rustling Reviews. Uh, We're talking film. We're talking Academy Awards. We're also talking about the power of film to influence belief. Uh, Love to have your input today. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Uh, Russ, a movie we mentioned earlier in our introduction is the movie Silence. Now, uh, as I understand it, Silence could have been nominated for an Academy Award for this year's nominations, but, uh, but perhaps... Uh, it has been uh, delayed in its nomination for a particular reason. Perhaps it could be in next year's crop. Yeah, I think most likely it, it probably won't end up getting nominated, but we'll, we'll just kind of see what, what they end up doing it. Because they did release it, they did a small release at the very end of the year in the United States, so it could have been um, nominated for this year's uh, Academy Awards, even though it really is playing into this year. It kind of all come, kind of comes down to an issue of timing. Um, I think being a Martin Scorsese film, um, having a great cast and also just great performances, it, it should have or could have been nominated, but... Um, Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to end up getting nominated this year. Now, we often like to take particular films that have Christian overtones or Christian influences in them. Uh, This one is a very, very powerful film. Uh, Explain to us how the the plot of this movie, because it's all about missionaries working in Japan. Uh, Explain the, the, the way this movie unfolds. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, what it is, it's a, it's a based on a true story um, in the 17th century, uh, where the missionaries leaving the missionaries they were actually Catholic priests, missionaries that were going to Japan um, and take out the the message of the Bible to the Japanese people. And what had happened is that uh, one of the the um, missionaries that had gone, Christoph Ferrara, um, played by Liam Neeson, has disappeared. And so they think that, um, as was the case, unfortunately, with many missionaries in that time, they lose contact after a certain amount of time. They assume that he's either died or something else has happened to him. But his um, students, um, played by Andrew Garfield and, and Adam Driver, uh, these are these were two young missionaries who decided to go and try and find him. And in so, in so doing, when they do get to Japan, they find this whole um, small group of Japanese fishermen that are on the coast that have been converted um, who are looking for leadership and desire um, to have um, leadership in regards to um, their church and what's going on with their church, but they have to do it in silence or, qu- or the quiet, um, primarily due to the fact that the persecution of the Japanese government at the time. And the story pretty much shows the kind of looking for and desiring to find um, Father Ferreira. But I find that the most compelling component of it was looking at the lives of those that were Christian, what they were willing to do in regards to standing for their faith, um, and also, unfortunately, many of them being persecuted and killed. But uh, it's a very harrowing story. It is a very dark story. Um, it is it is uh, definitely a very real story. But also, um, if you can say this, there's a beauty in the the faith that these individuals had, especially in what they believed in. 
As I understand it, it's a very confronting film. Is it? Uh, it there's a lot of violence. It's as you you describe it as dark. Uh, there is. Uh, it's not going to be an easy film to watch. Well, this is definitely not your feel good film of the year. It is definitely. Um they actually go through and show many of the um, different ways that they uh, persecuted and killed many of the um, the Christian believers at that time and the different horrible things that they did um, to them. So this is definitely not a, one of those where you're going to take somebody out wanting to have a, a really nice date night or um, taking your family to the film sort of thing. This is one where you really want to go through and see a film and really analyze and look at what are you willing to do when it comes to if you were confronted with your faith, um, would you be willing to take the stand that many of these people did? And also, it was a, a fascinating view without, I, I don't really feel that uh, sometimes it, there, all you can do is kind of see a, a negative towards a specific culture. And I think that they were really able to show the balance between the um, who the Japanese were, with, but also understanding why they were pushing back and why the government really was pushing back so hard on um, the Christians in particular. And uh, it's a really fascinating look into the world of the Japanese culture in itself, too. So it's it's definitely not um yeah there is quite a bit of violence that is a, a part of the film but it is also one that you really be able to go through and contemplate um what it is that you do believe in the end Russ, is this a film that's based on a, a true story is it a is it a fictional account is it you know how do you uh, how do you describe this uh, this particular film because uh, obviously christianity would have arrived on the shores in japan and uh, there would have been a real struggle to establish the church and uh, it's certainly not out of the realms of reality that uh, a missionary in that period could have easily gone missing but then uh, his former students on a search for him to find out if he's still alive it's all very plausible uh, do you know if it's got uh, got a, tr- a true story type of a basis yes it's actually based in um, a, a true story this is a, uh, this has been a, a, a biography that was written I think it was over 30 years ago that um, Martin Scorsese who's the director the Academy Award director um, uh, who has been trying to get this to cinemas. It's quite a passion for him to be able to get um, this story in film. And so, yes, it's based in uh, based on a true story. Some of the accounts obviously have to be kind of taken from. There's some artistic license that has to be taken because they can't necessarily account for everything that occurred in the lives of these missionaries while they were there. But um, it is it is steeped in truth, I guess. Interestingly, how the greatest filmmakers often have this deeper appreciation for spirituality and for touching on religious uh, storylines. And uh, Martin Scorsese, he's uh, he's worked a fair bit with uh, with, you know, and not always biblically accurate. But there's been a whole bunch of uh, films that he's worked on, hasn't he? Uh, so far as uh, biblical religious themes. That's right. Um, Martin is known to be. He definitely uh, is very. Outspoken in his faith, he has a Catholic, um, a Catholic heritage and Catholic background, and um, so he's definitely willing to um, make those. He, as you said, there were some films that he that don't necessarily uh, aren't as biblically accurate as others, but this one seems to be based on um, a true story and really does show uh, a very positive view of 
of people taking a stand for their faith, even though the, it is a very um, hard film to watch. I mean, w- when you leave, you really leave feeling the weight of this, and also uh, you want to pray for it. I, I, one of the things that I left feeling and, and continuing to do is praying for our uh, brothers and sisters who do um, continue to do the work in Japan. So you leave the cinema uh, feeling a little bit gutted. Uh, and as we were talking a little bit earlier, I mean, people, some people don't want to go to the cinema to have that feeling at all, but others, they wouldn't go unless there was something that was going to move them uh, dramatically. Right. Uh, one thing to, to draw out, uh, one of the stars of the film Silence, uh, Andrew Garfield, who yeah. is also one of the stars of Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, and given that there are religious themes in both movies, do you think that some of the casting sometimes happens... Uh, with people who are, you know, in sort of the same uh, genre when it comes to uh, a religious theme to a movie? You know what? I haven't read all of the different articles or seen, but there's been numerous videos and different articles written about Andrew and his faith. And I think that one of the things that uh, these two films have had such an impact on him in regards to really looking at what he believes, and actually, I, there, there. Some would say that he has become a Christian through that whole process. Um, you know, there, that's kind of that's to be told and seen over the long haul. But I think that uh, being in these two roles, especially such strong um, roles in regards to Christianity and what they believe, that it really has had quite an impact on Andrew's life. It, it, at least, it seems. And when you discuss the themes and the thing that you feel after you've seen the film Silence, and as we've been talking about, the idea, the power of film to influence belief, uh, when you come out of the cinema having seen Silence, uh, do you have a deeper appreciation of the challenge and the struggle of global mission and uh, of what those forerunners in mission have gone through uh, do you appreciate something, you know, is there a biblical appreciation that you can that you can come up with if you see a, a film like Silence? Oh, definitely. Neil, I, mean, I think that it's hard, you would be hard-pressed not to have some sort of um, impact as the biblical framework. I mean, it takes you back to, you know, Paul's missionary journeys, all the different struggles and challenges that they had. Then also, if you go through many of the different um, biographies, hopefully what it would do, too, is challenge people to go and look up the stories and actually read um, some of the different accounts of missionaries that have gone around the world. Also, looking at uh, is a very different era. I mean, nowadays, you know, missionaries going to other countries, um, if something was to occur or happen or their lives were threatened, they would have probably quite a, uh, a easy access to be able to leave the country if they needed to. While in that era, they showed up in a boat, and there was just really no way for them to be able to leave, even with all of the different challenges, persecution, um, starvation, all the things that they went through. And so, Russ, me, we'll have to cut in here because okay. we're about to go to news. Uh, we'll continue our conversation after the news. Talk back line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Russ Matthews, our guest from City Bible Forum, and we'll talk some more about the movies after news. Russ, let's talk about another one of those uh, award categories, and that is uh, best director. Uh, any thoughts on who might be the best director at this year's Academy Awards? You know, what's funny about this uh, award is that most people don't know the names of... There's a few names that might be familiar, but most people don't know the names of the directors. They know their films, but they don't know the directors. But, yeah, this is one of those nerd areas where I absolutely love talking about. (laughs) 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 This behind-the-scene guy, that's 
what really uh, most of the time makes a great film. I mean, they're given a great script, but really it's the director that really kind of makes everything happen. And interestingly enough, there's ten there's ten films up for best um, director, but there's only um, there's only five directors actually up for um, best director. And interestingly enough, too, I uh, even though I really loved Hacksaw Ridge and I think Mel Gibson did a, a fantastic job, I'm really going to have to give I would have to give it, and I also think the Oscar prediction will go to Damien Chazelle. He's the La La Land director. He re- really d- he received um, a nomination for um, his film Whiplash. La- uh, it was last year, and this year um, it's just this direction. The, what he's done is just such a new way of directing. He deserves all of the credit for what he has done. I think that if he wins director, that that La La Land will win. But it is um, he's just done a great job. So yeah, personally, I I picked Damien Chazelle. Okay, the others who are up for nomination, uh, Dennis uh, Villeneuve uh, for Arrival. Uh, There's Damien Chazelle, as you mentioned, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. And uh, we mentioned also Mel Gibson there uh, for Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Mel, uh, people are talking about Mel sort of, this is Mel's comeback. Uh, because he's been in the uh, the bad books uh, offside uh, and made some ridiculous uh, comments and some of uh, the conversations that were released, uh, you know, that's another discussion uh, to uh, to pass some level of judgment on Mel Gibson. But it looks like it looks like this could be his comeback. Is there a sort of a forgiveness of Mel Gibson? Do you think in what's been happening with Hacksaw Ridge? You know that, that is that, that is a great part of the conversation in regards to um, different directors or different actors in their career. Sometimes people can can come back from something that happened. It was it was actually kind of more of a personal um, situation that occurred in his life and kind of but yet very public. And so then he was kind of ostracized by the um, Hollywood community, as it were. But this year really has seen, or 2016 has really seen the kind of a turn back to a forgiveness, as it were or almost a redemption um, of him with uh, both him acting in the, the film Bloodfather, but then also with this direction of Hacksaw Ridge. So, yes, I think that that will always kind of weigh on him a little bit. Now, granted, he has so much money, he doesn't even know what to do with it because of uh, his past successes. But I think that this is truly um, kind of his inroad back into the community. Well, we are taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Chris in Victoria. Hello, Chris. Welcome along. Yes, happy hey, New Year, Neil. And yeah, I just want to say, um, although um, religious films, you know, um, they might seem good, I think religion, as such, is it's a broad brush, and it, unless it sort of um, paints a picture of salvation, well, I, I think, you know, it's just a feel-good sort of thing. Uh, I watched, I think a documentary is more um, sort of a thing to reach people. I watched a good documentary the other day by Sean McAuliffe. You know, it's a new series called Stairway to Heaven. He's, he's giving different fates um, uh, opinions on how to get to heaven. And But, but the one on Armageddon regarding, you know, fundamentalist Christians, uh, although he in the end mocked it and didn't sort of like accept it, it sort of gave the... Uh, real message of salvation and you know, talked about the rapture and things that are happening in the world today, which is I see as more relevant, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, some thoughts from you, Russ? Oh, I think, well, to, on two things, real quick, Chris, I think that, yeah, documentaries, 
if people are willing to watch them, I think that, unfortunately, documentaries get relegated to a certain sector of the population, which is unfortunate because I think there is just great information out there, great opportunities to really um, um, expose people to different topics, specifically religion. We were just talking about that at our staff meeting the other day about Sean McAuliffe's um, whole – actually, the team was actually saying that how much he was relatively – even though he is a comedian, he was relatively respectful towards um, most of the faiths. But I find that documentaries are a great inroad into people's lives and be able to talk about it. But also, I going, going to what you're saying, too, is I think that there – Film is still a great way to be able to communicate um, the message that we have from the gospel. I think many times Christian movies and Christian films try to do way too much when it comes to um, trying to communicate that message. But um, And so trying to do all of the story opposed to just a kind of key component of answering different questions in regards to it. But I think that you're right that film is still a great way to be able to communicate the message of salvation, of redemption, of the different components of what we believe as Christians. Thank you so much to uh, Chris from Victoria for your insight. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Uh, another one of the categories that will be announced at the Academy Awards, of course, the uh, supporting role uh, uh, nominations. Uh, the actress in a supporting role, the actor in a supporting role, and, uh, of course, Nicole Kidman is uh, nominated in the uh, supporting role actress. Uh, your thoughts on, on the, those particular categories, Russ? All right. So, yeah, for, so for supporting actress, um, Nicole Kidman, or our Nicole, as, as many people would call her, she did a great job in the movie Lion. Then we have Viola Davis in um, Fences, um, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures, and then uh, Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. Um, my my pick, I, again, I got to see this film last night, Viola Davis in Fences um, was hands down one of the best um, performances overall. Uh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman did a great job, but she was only in about um, a third of the film of The Lion. Most of the film was really handled in the uh, country of India prior to um, Sharu being able to come and actually being adopted by his Australian parents, which was played by Nicole Kidman. She did a great job, but I think that overall, as far as if you were to give a supporting cast um, Trophy to anyone, it would definitely go to Viola Davis for Fences. And how about the actor role uh, for a supporting actor? Yeah, and then you go through, and as far as looking at a supporting actor role, um, I, I'm always horrible with his name, unfortunately, but it's Marishala Ali for, for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges um, for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for um, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel for Lion, and then we have Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. I think that uh, Marshala um, Ali will win um, for the Oscar. My personal favorite um, was Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water um, as kind of the 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 older sheriff in, in Texas, or is actually a marshal in Texas, that finds these um, kind of pseudo-bank robbers, just does a superb job. I mean, Jeff Bridges has won the Academy Award already, but hands down, he was the best supporting actor out of all of those, um, even though all of these performances were magnificent. Um, I would have picked Jeff Bridges myself. Well, if you're a moviegoer, you might have your own opinion on some of these uh, predictions. Uh, call us on one 316 316 and uh, you can have your 
your say today. You might also like to have your say on this uh, underlying theme that we're talking about too, the power of film to influence belief. Well, 1-800-316-316. Russ, as we talk about the Academy Awards, of course, that's not the only films that are out and about. We always like to take some time to talk about the latest crop of films and perhaps movies that might be nominated next year. Uh, out of the ones that are around about at the moment, uh, which ones are your favourites? Oh, uh, interestingly enough, you know, it's been a, it's been a kind of a, a, most of the films that have come out in January are some of the nominated ones, but probably some of my favorite ones are going to kind of probably seem maybe a bit odd uh, to some, but Patriot's Day, um, which is coming up, um, it's a story of the Boston um, Marathon bombing that occurred. It's based on the true story. It's a Mark Wahlberg film um, with Peter Berg as director. And it just goes through the real events that kind of occurred around the, uh, really the three days that it took from the bombing to actually capturing the, uh, the bombers themselves. Uh, probably for myself, it, it, coming from an American heritage and American background, it was very, it was very patriotic. But also being a runner, um, I run uh, most days, and it it just uh, hit on all different levels for me as far as great acting, uh, a, a compelling story, and just a great cast. And so that's one of the ones that's coming up. I believe next week is coming out. And then another one that's that's going to completely fly under the radar, and it's unfortunate it will get missed, but it would be one that is worth getting out to see if you can find it. It's called A Street Cat Named Bob. A Street Cat Named Bob, and it's based on a true story of a uh, homeless guy who's struggling through kind of coming off of some of the different challenges of his past life and drug addiction and the like, and how he ends up being really adopted by this street cat and how he ended up becoming kind of a, a YouTube sensation because the cat would sit on his shoulders in London um, while he was busking around and raising money. And he became um, a, a bit of a sensation worldwide through kind of the YouTube generation, but also how this cat really in the end kind of ended up saving his life and how this uh, coming into his life. It's based on a book and a true story. Um, if you're, you, you're able to see some of the um, things that are coming up with him um, or that are just uh, fascinating. It's a great little film and definitely one worthwhile if you can actually find it in theaters. Now, as far as the best quality, some of the best quality films coming out, too, is be uh, Manchester by the Sea. Um, very raw film, a very... Um, uh, well-written film and amazingly um, acted by Casey Affleck uh, based on grief and, and death um, occurring in a small town in, in Massachusetts, but yet um, probably one of the best films by far of the year that's coming out to now. So those would be some of my, my picks. There's some coming up like um, Jasper Jones and the like that have more of an Australian connection. Um, but those will be kind of coming out here the next month or so. Uh, let's uh, dwell for a few moments on Manchester by the Sea, yeah. because as you mentioned, it is a film that deals with a very uh, raw emotional uh, sense of grief, and it's another one of these ones that you're probably not going to go along and see uh, for a light-hearted uh, comedic uh, expression of, of film. It's, it's going to be a, a bit more deep uh, in the way that you uh, come away from that film feeling as though you've been impacted in some way. Is that the sort of film that Manchester by the Sea is? Oh, it is. 
it, it is a, a great film to be able to have some discussion in regards to the topic of how specifically um, how men really deal with grief. There, uh, Michelle Williams is a, has a great role in the film, but it's primarily just a, she's relegated to a couple scenes. But really going through um, the relationship between Casey Affleck and J- Lucas Hedges, who played uh, um, uncle and nephew in the scenario after um, it comes out that. Uh, Casey Affleck's brother, or Lee Chandler, the character's brother, has passed away, and now he's been given responsibility for this young man. And just kind of dealing with all of the the real elements of kind of being thrown into this scenario, and the fact that death does occur, it's it's been a fascinating theme over the last few films that I've been seeing, that death does occur in everyone's life, but also then how do you deal with the grief? And for me, walking out of the cinema... Um, it really made me even hold on tighter and very thankful for what I have in my faith in Christ in regards to just really being able to um, have something to someone, something to turn to, um, even in these difficult and challenging times in our lives. Well, we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, We are talking about film. We're talking about the Academy Awards. We're talking about uh, those crop of films that are not nominated but uh, are new films that are in the cinemas at the moment. Russ Matthews is our guest. He's worked for City Bible Forum for over 10 years. And, of course, there are City Bible Forums in all capital cities around Australia except for Hobart. Yeah. Unless you've got hey, some good news for me. One. We're working on it. <laughs> We're working on it. Every time I talk to you or someone from City Bible Forum, we always get to, well, City Bible Forum's in all the capital cities all around Australia except for Hobart. So uh, for Hobart listeners uh, and those who are in Tasmania, uh, take a little note of that because uh, if you get in touch with Russ, uh, he'll have the right people to get in touch with to get a City Bible Forum functioning and operating in Hobart or perhaps another the Tasmanian city, so uh, that's a that's a challenge there, isn't it, for Tasmanian yeah. listeners? Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's something that we definitely desire to do, and love to hear from you if it's um, if you have uh, Tasmanian listeners that would really love to have uh, a city Bible forum working right there in the city. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Always like talking about the movies with Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum. Uh, Russ, there's lots of different strings to the bows uh, that you are uh, in control of. Uh, But when we come to uh, what we were saying as real dialogue, uh, that's R-E-E-L dialogue, uh, there's some national events that uh, many of our listeners might be able to participate in. Uh, What's coming up? Right. Well, um, one of the, that's one of the great things about City Bible Forum. We're in every major business area. Our goal is to kind of really help people uh, with evangelism and working um, to reach people in the, in the city centers specifically. And Real Dialogue over the past year or so has had an opportunity. That's realdialogue.com. It's pretty straightforward with double E, as you said, Real Dialogue, is... Um, having different national events as far as f- film screenings, pre- their pre-screenings, where we partner with Heritage Films and we do 
pre-screenings, and we and in some in some of our city centers, we have panel discussions afterwards. And right now, on this upcoming Monday, we have a um, pre-screenings for silence. Um, our Sydney, Perth, and Brisbane events are already at capacity, but we still have um, seats available in Melbourne if people are uh, keen on getting along to that one. But um, just kind of keep keep an eye on the City Bible Forum website and also the Real Dialogue website for other events. We're going to be trying to do um, events like this um, throughout the year pretty much once or twice a month. Now, the films that you promote for those Real Dialogue events, are they the ones that have a, a Christian uh, foundation to them or there's some form of Christian theme that runs through them or, or are these just sort of chosen at random? No, um, in partnering with uh, with Heritage Film, usually some of them do have a you know a very direct Christian theme, while others may um, have themes that we would be able to then easily bridge into conversations on um, Christian or biblical topics. And so um, we've so over this past year we had um, Hacksaw Ridge was one, but then we also had Arrival, which Arrival really dealt with a lot more with uh, is there something bigger out there beyond ourselves and looking at whole the whole notion of God. And so, um, yeah, so some of them a little bit more direct than others, like Silence that's coming up has a much more direct uh, theme, but um, other films that we'll be doing may deal more with other topics, but not necessarily directly with Christian, uh, with just Christianity itself. So there's good news there for Melbourne listeners, because you could go to the Real Dialogue website and uh, register to be a part of an audience to see a preview of that film uh, coming up next week. Uh, so that's, uh, I think you said, uh, realdialogue.com is where people can uh, can go to, uh, to to register there. Right. Or or they can actually go to the City Bible, just to keep it easy too, they can go yeah. to the citybibleforum.org and they can go directly to the Melbourne site and um, they could register there too. Okay, citybibleforum.org. And if we're just uh, spending this last few moments just talking about City Bible Forum, uh, in all of these major CBD centres, uh, you don't just talk about film. There's an awful lot of different uh, events and dimensions to City Bible Forum. Uh, give us a quick, in a nutshell, view of what happens in City Bible Forums around the nation. Right. Well, City Bible Forum, what, what our goal is, uh, we've been around for over the past 25 years um, and working on all the city centers specifically to work with um, Christians to be able to help them to uh, reach out to the city workers. And we're in city worker there. The new community, the really people that you know are um, those that you work with on a daily basis. And so what we do is have events, um, Bible studies, prayer groups, and the like inside of the city centers to be able to offer to people to um, train them, but then also give them opportunities to do evangelism in the workplace. So a fabulous Christian ministry organization, City Bible Forum, uh, encourage listeners to uh, simply Google City Bible Forum or go to citybibleforum.org and you'll be able to find out uh, what's happening in the capital city nearest to you. Uh, Russ Matthews, our guest, uh, Russ, uh, who loves film, and you can be in touch with Russ because simply go to the City Bible Forum website. Uh, he's a reviewer for Insights Magazine, Entertainment Fuse, and you can check out uh, some of the reviews of the movies we've been talking about today on rustling reviews. Uh, Russ, just great getting your insights as usual. We'll do this again before too long when there's another crop of movies to talk about. But thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart on these things today here on 2020. I always love it, Neil. Thanks. And we'll look forward to seeing what, if our predictions come true um, for the Academy Awards at the end of the month. We'll be holding you to account. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye All for right. now. Cheers. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.